What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Napoleon. Here's a quick synopsis. For his success in the battlefield, Napoleon Bonaparte becomes the Emperor of France. The film stars Joaquin Phoenix, Vanessa Kirby, Tahar Rahim, Ben Miles, and Rupert Everett. Standout performances. This is actor Joaquin Phoenix's first movie with director Ridley Scott since Gladiator, where he played the power-hungry Commodus. For his performance, Phoenix received his first ever Oscar nomination. And after watching Napoleon, you can definitely see some parallels between these two performances. Napoleon, like Commodus, is seeking power. The main difference is Napoleon is somewhat successful. He has loyal followers on the battlefield. If I were going to compare the performances, I would say Phoenix plays both characters as playful and comedic. Phoenix plays Napoleon as if he were a regular guy who just walked into being the Emperor of France. And I do think that that's the point of his performance, to show you there was nothing special about this historical figure. Phoenix's next films are Joker Fully Adieu with Lady Gaga and Polaris with Rooney Mara. I know many have mixed feelings on Joker. I think it was more than just an homage to Scorsese movies, and I can't wait to see Phoenix paired with Gaga, who's coming off of A Star Is Born and House of Gucci, where she of course worked with Ridley Scott. In Napoleon, Oscar-nominated actress Vanessa Kirby is Phoenix's co-star. She plays Napoleon's wife, Josephine, and I think while she's good in the movie, I wanted more of an arc from her character. I wanted to know her true feelings about the man, Napoleon Bonaparte, and I get it. That's complicated. That's a lot to ask for for a movie like this, but I think the movie should have dug in deeper into that relationship because I do think the movie is lacking details between these two and it is worth noting that originally Josephine was going to be played by Jodie Comer who worked with Ridley Scott on The Last Duel and was brilliant in that movie. I was really excited to see Jodie Comer paired with Joaquin Phoenix. Now Vanessa Kirby is just as good but I do wonder how different the movie Napoleon would be if it were Jodie Comer who is a rising star. Ridley Scott for me and for many is an all-time great filmmaker and he's had his best when he's making two different kinds of films sci-fi films or films with great battle sequences the famous examples being best picture winning gladiator kingdom of heaven robin hood the last duel there's a great battle scene in the snow in napoleon that shows why he continues to make these kind of movies and it also showcases that there's still no one better. Everyone, and I mean everyone, is fixated on Ridley Scott's work rate. The man is in his 80s, yet in the last few years he's made The Last Duel, House of Gucci, Napoleon, and oh by the way, he's working on a sequel to Gladiator. And I believe his hit rate is way higher than most people believe. No, I don't believe most of his films are great, but a lot of them are better than they're given credit for. He's got underrated films like Mad 
matchstick man that features one of the best performances of Nicolas Cage's career. I believe American Gangster has become underrated. Denzel Washington, Josh Brolin, and of course Russell Crowe are fantastic in that movie. And I believe his two recent films before Napoleon, The Last Duel, and House of Gucci should have been major players at the Oscars. First of all, it is still a crime that The Last Duel was not nominated for Best Screenplay. I also believe Jodie Comer should have been nominated for Best Actress, and Ben Affleck should have been nominated for Best Actor. And on the House of Gucci side, I believe that Lady Gaga should have been nominated for Best Actress, and I also believe that Jeremy Irons or Jared Leto should have been nominated for Best Actor. At least one of those supporting performances should have been nominated. I would have taken Al Pacino as well. I really liked House of Gucci. Is it a perfect movie? Absolutely not. But it is entertaining and a lot of fun. Like I just said, Scott is currently working on a sequel to Gladiator led by Paul Meskel with a supporting cast that includes Denzel Washington and Pedro Pascal. Sequels can be difficult, but I could not be more interested to see if Meskel can lead a giant studio movie like that. He's been fantastic in Normal People and After Sun, but this is a different kind of challenge. One I, of course, think he will succeed in, but this is a different kind of movie. He's been in indie films. This is a movie that's attempting to turn him into a massive, massive movie star. Remember, Gladiator turned Russell Crowe into, at the time, the biggest movie star in the world, and I'm interested to see if its sequel can do the same for Paul Meskel. And for that reason, it's my most anticipated film of 2024. Getting back to Napoleon, one of the best parts of the movie for me is when Napoleon separates from Josephine to remain in power. It shows how far he's willing to go to remain in power and shows that that was a big mistake because she's the only human he cares about. I think throughout the movie he realizes the mistake that he's made because he becomes a lonely person. He's the one who's forced to live on an island alone at one point in the movie because he separates separated from Josephine. He doesn't even get to remain in power. What he sacrificed for wasn't even worth it. Box office. Napoleon has made over $170 million at the box office thus far, which is impressive considering that most know it will eventually end up on Apple TV+. This number is most likely due to the star power of Joaquin Phoenix and Ridley Scott. I also believe people are still fascinated by Napoleon as an historical figure. Stanley Kubrick was once trying to make a movie about him, which Steven Spielberg is currently turning into a limited series. We are living in a world now where movies are both streaming and in movie theaters, like Napoleon, for example. Napoleon is eventually going to end up on Apple TV+, and so too is Martin Scorsese's Killer of the Flower Moon, and people are calling that film a box office disaster. But did Apple really accept 
expected to do very well at the movie theaters? I have no idea the answer to that question. The same with Air, that movie directed by Ben Affleck. I believed Air to be one of the best movies of 2023, but it didn't do very well at the box office. That's a fact, not an opinion. I know many, many people have seen that movie on Amazon Prime, but not a lot of people saw it in movie theaters. What we really don't know the answer to is do these companies like Apple and Amazon care if you see these movies in movie theaters or are they just bonus cash coming in? I don't know the answer to that and really nobody knows the answer to that. So yes, I believe it is a success for a movie night like Napoleon to make $170 million in today's box office. But at the same time, I also think it's hard to call a movie like Killers of the Flower Moon a box office failure because we all know it's going to end up on a streaming service anyway. And Apple wasn't banging on it to make a lot of money. It is a four-hour movie. Nobody was expecting a four-hour movie to make a lot of money at the box office, especially when we all know it's going to end up on a streaming service. That's the reality of the world world we are living in and I think we need to start judging the box office success and failure by different metrics. Something that I do believe is that Napoleon is an example that Joaquin Phoenix's box office success of the Joker is going to lead to more success for his future movies like Napoleon. I believe that Joker was a really big movie for Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, we all thought that Joaquin Phoenix was one of the best actors in the world, but a lot of his movies were underseen. The Master was not a box office hit. Her was not a box office And Now, earlier in his career, post-Gladiator, he was in more box office-friendly movies like The Village, like Signs, like Walk the Line, But before Joker, there's about a 10 to 15 year period where Joaquin Phoenix was in a lot of smaller films that weren't being seen by general audiences. Now he's in Joker. Now he's in Napoleon. He's going to be in a Joker sequel. It's going to be interesting to see if he's in bigger and bigger movies or if he's going to step back and go back to smaller films with auteur filmmakers. It's also worth noting that in this year, he was also in Ari Aster's Bow is Afraid, which wasn't seen by a lot of people, but I believe he gives a better performance in Bo is Afraid than he does in Napoleon. I think both performances are really good, but if you haven't seen Bo is Afraid, I highly, highly recommend it. You get to see Joaquin Phoenix at his absolute best. And I think these two movies give you the picture to where Joaquin Phoenix's career is going to go. He's going to do big movies with Ridley Scott like Napoleon, and he's going to do weird movies with Ari Aster like Bo is Afraid. I do want to get this on record on the podcast. There are two of his former collaborators that I really want him to work with again. One of them is Paul Thomas Anderson, and there are rumors that he's going to be in the new PTA movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. I won't believe that till I see it. And the other one is James Gray. I believe Joaquin Phoenix has given some of his best performances in James Gray movies, and they include Two Lovers, 
the immigrant we own the night and the yards those four films are four of joaquin phoenix's best movies i desperately want to see these two reunite and i want to see it immediately also i'll add this in here wouldn't it be a shame if quentin tarantino's career ends without him working with joaquin phoenix one time get joaquin and tarantino's last movie please oscar chances on paper this would appear to be a movie that would be in the awards conversation you have ridley scott who is one of the best living filmmakers who have yet to won an oscar he should have one for gladiator that should be his Oscar. I would also say, I don't know who won the year that The Martian came out, but he definitely could have won Best Director for directing The Martian. I mean, that is what a great director does. He makes a movie like The Martian. Very few people could pull that movie off, where you have one major star in Matt Damon and nobody else. That's how brilliant that movie is. I mean, yeah, and obviously I would go back in time and give him Best Director for Alien and Blade Runner, but I'm just talking about in modern time, The Martian is the movie I look at and go, give that guy a golden statue, because literally no other filmmaker could have made that movie, and that movie is just so different from his other films, like it's his funniest movie. And another reason that Napoleon was originally looked at as a major Oscar contender is of course because of Joaquin Phoenix, who is a former Oscar winner for playing the Joker, so one would assume he's playing Napoleon. If he does that well, he's going to get a nomination. Well, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I think critics are kind of weirded out by this performance. They weren't expecting Joaquin to be funny playing Napoleon Bonaparte. I think the Academy has always been kind of weird when it comes to Joaquin Phoenix. Like, I still don't understand how he wasn't nominated for the movie Her. That's his best performance, in my opinion. And over the last few years, he wasn't nominated for Come On, Come On. He's unbelievable in that movie as well. They tend to nominate his darker performances. And weirdly, Napoleon is not one of those performances. It's lighthearted. He's kind of funny. He's a goofy, sympathetic character in a way who's kind of way in over his head at certain points of the movie. People made a big deal about Napoleon because it was reuniting Ridley Scott with Joaquin Phoenix because they remember how great Gladiator was. So I do believe there are some people out here that thought that they were going to get something similar to Gladiator, even though it's an historical film about Napoleon Bonaparte. I think people's expectations were too high for what I believed this movie was going to be, and this movie kind of lived up to my expectations. I thought it was going to be a good time. I thought Ridley Scott would do something incredible with battle sequences because it's Napoleon, and I thought Joaquin Phoenix was going to give a tremendous performance, and in my opinion, he does just that. But did he give an Oscar-worthy performance? No, I don't think he's given a top five performance of the year. I thought he was better in Bo is Afraid. When it comes to Ridley Scott as a filmmaker, you should never go in thinking you know what to expect from his movies because he will give you the unexpected in both good and bad ways. Like I was saying with The Martian, nobody could have expected Ridley Scott to make a movie that funny in a sci-fi like that coming from the guy who made Alien and Blade Runner. 
that are so super serious. You could have never expected that in a thousand years. I would have never expected a movie like Last Duel. I never would have expected a movie like House of Gucci. He does things in unexpected ways, and he's continuing that with Napoleon. Here's a topic that always gets on my nerves. There are people who went into this movie expecting it to be 100% historically accurate. It is a movie made by Ridley Scott. If you want to know the true history of Napoleon Bonaparte, then read a book. You should not be watching movies like this expecting real-life history to be played out. Ridley Scott is trying to entertain you. He says it in Gladiator. Are you not entertained? I was entertained by Napoleon. I wasn't looking for facts about history. I know Joaquin Phoenix doesn't look like Napoleon. It's a movie, people. Stop taking it so seriously when it comes to facts. Especially when the movie is about a figure from a long time ago. Like, come on, this isn't somebody we all seen talk live. Like, get over it. Get over the historical facts and enjoy the movie. And if you don't enjoy the movie for other reasons, I'm fine with that. But to walk out of this movie and say, my biggest problem is the historical accuracy is pure and utter madness. And you should never do that with a movie like Napoleon. Then you should never see a movie like Napoleon. Napoleon if you can't handle a movie not being historically accurate because most of these movies will never come close to being historically accurate. This year has been a very good year when it comes to movies and about history. Oppenheimer, Napoleon, the list goes on and on. I loved Oppenheimer. I believe a lot of it to be historically accurate. It's based on a book. There are a lot of facts. Do I believe that that movie played with the facts to make itself more entertaining than it actually is. Yes, 100% yes. But is that okay? Yes, I believe, like, I'm always in on what Aaron Sorkin says about adapting history. You are adapting it to make it entertaining. The social network is not exactly what happened with Mark Zuckerberg, but emotionally, it's kind of honest. And I feel like, I don't know this about Napoleon, but I'm sure that the movie is emotionally honest about who Napoleon was as a figure. And even if it wasn't, why do I care? And I've heard this complaint about other movies too. I talked about the movie Saltburn last week on this podcast. And I've heard some people complain about how the movie takes place in 2006, but they watch movies from 2007 and listen to music from 2008. If that bothers you, what are you doing? You're way too focused in and honed in on complaining about movies. Who cares about those kind of details? When it comes to movies, it should only come down to one thing. Do you like the movie or not? Not about its historical accuracy. Not about if the music is from the time or the movies they're watching are from the time. Do you like the movie? Do you like the message of the movie? Do you like the beginning, middle, or end of the movie? That's what you should care about. And for the most part, I really like Napoleon. After watching 
watching this, I really want to see Joaquin Phoenix work with Ridley Scott again. I would absolutely love to see him play another villain in a Ridley Scott movie. He's so good as Commodus and Gladiator. I just rewatched it, and man, that performance is great. I mean, can we get another movie directed by Ridley Scott with Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix, please? I'd like one more. The dynamic between those two and Gladiator is what makes that movie special. Two actors on the rise just going at it. Now, I would love for them to reunite in a Ridley Scott movie. Napoleon won't be the movie that gets Ridley Scott his best director Oscar, but I do believe we're headed that way soon, and the sequel to Gladiator may be the one if he gets that movie right, and the way that people love the original Gladiator, I would not be surprised if Ridley Scott walks away with an Oscar for the sequel to Gladiator. That would be so good for everyone because this is a guy who, in my opinion, is one of my six favorite directors of all time. Like, he might be in my top five. I love everything about him. I love how he works within every genre. I love the performances he gets out of movie stars. And I love just how many movies he's made and how many of them are really good and how many of them are great. By the way, I would put Napoleon in the very good category. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly recommend you check out Napoleon. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about May-December starring Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore, and Charles Melton, directed by Todd Haynes. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe.